Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And oh my goodness, my gracious, great googly moogly, do we have an anime season for you all. That's right, Best Buds. Fall has fallen. It is, like, wild. I think this may be possibly the most insane fall anime season and we have watched way too many shows Mm. and we're going to tell you all about them um but first we're going to hit you with a little bit of banter and a little bit of news and then we're going to dive into it because we got a lot to cover that's right so up first best boy justin do you know what time it is 9 26 p.m that is incorrect it is bad bitch o'clock it is thick 30 uh my banter today (laughs) That's like my new favorite Lizzo line. I'm obsessed with Lizzo at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know I'm late to the scene, but uh, I've just been listening to her music all day today. I know you're a Lizzo fan as well. Um, No, I'm not. (laughs) No? (laughs) Weren't you a fan? You're a fan of her at least playing the flute. Yes, that I am a fan of. I I, I know like one or two of her songs. I just, I am a fan of the flute playing. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, I know you had something you wanted to hit on. Yeah, no, I just wanted to to just mention that I'm really excited for Anime NYC this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we've been getting a lot more news about like who's going to be there. Um, it sounds like there's going to be some really cool panels going on. Um, you know, so I, they, apparently they've they've changed a lot about the way it's going to be laid out. Um, so even just from a logistical standpoint, I'm pretty curious to see how they kind of learned from what happened last year, um, that ended up with (laughs) two out of our people that we went with getting, getting COVID. Um, yes. (laughs) So I'm curious to see how they've changed things. Well, especially with it being like an outbreak event on top of them having like, a really bad like covid precaution like in place like what well, they were doing the right things they were just going about it the wrong way yeah uh it was interesting it's also especially interesting having just been to uh new york city comic con and kind of going through that process that was the quickest i've ever been into a convention on the first day Absolutely. Uh, uh for uh new york comic con and it is wild how fast they did it so anime nyc has a lot to live up to this year i'm also judging by what i've seen on like the layout maps that i've been privy to um it does look like the food section is actually going to be inside the javits center this time around it's like you don't have to go outside and wait in line for three hours in the cold just to get food and then you have to eat it outside before you come back in (laughs) yeah yeah, that that part of it really sucked. I had to. I waited way too long for takoyaki last time around. Yeah, well, I feel like that's any convention. The food is always like very difficult. So hopefully they'll have some good line management this year. Yep, absolutely. But with all that being said, uh, you know, given that we've got a beefy episode for you this week, we're just gonna move briskly along into checking in with Studio WEB for some anime news. That's right, Best Buds. We have more news than you could possibly smother in gravy. Is that a is that a kink thing or? No, it's just like if you had gravy, 
It w- which I the, do. There's so much news. Actually, that's not true. We have very little news this no, week yeah, for you. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to get right into it. Um, I just kind of wanted to update everyone on where uh, the One Piece film Red is at, because I, I think it's interesting. It stayed number one in the Japanese box office for the 11th straight week uh, in a row, and has sold a total of 12 million tickets for a cumulative uh, total of about uh, $114 million. The movie has become the franchise's highest selling and highest earning film uh, installment in, to- in terms of both tickets sold and yen at the box office. It also has topped Top Gun uh, Maverick to become the highest earning film in Japan this year. And the anime is both the sixth highest earning anime film in Japan of all time and the 11th highest uh, earning film total in Japan of all time. So that's why it's it's breaking numbers. So if you're gonna see a One Piece movie, I I guess this is the one to see. There is um, there is also um, they did like a Times Square takeover for Comic Con. Um, I mm-hmm. think it was on that Friday. If you get a chance, take a look look at some pictures from it because they literally they took every single screen in Times Square and put One Piece uh, visuals on them. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope there were a lot of like really confused like Midwesterners. There were a lot of it looks like there were a lot of confused people, but there were also a lot of people out there in cosplay for it as well. So oh, I'm sure they had an idea really that something was going on. Oh, that's like very like good synergy right there. Yeah, yeah, they did really well. That's super cool, but not not nearly as cool as this next story. Have you have you heard of this story yet, Best Boy Justin? I actually, I watched it happen in real time before it was a story. I saw the tweets as they were coming out. Oh my god, that's magical. Okay, yeah. so to fill everyone in, the official Twitter account for the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is pondering the existence of Chainsaw Man following the anime's premiere. The anime's official hashtag began trending on Tuesday and seems to have caught the attention of the agency. The commission, or whoever is running their Twitter account, began pondering the obvious safety issues brought forth by a man made of chains saws their tweet read man made of chainsaws hmm (laughs) i would like to point out that this is the u.s consumer product safety commission yeah it was funny Um, because i was i was just on my phone and i saw like hey chainsaw man is trending on twitter and i'm like i know it's popular but how, how how popular is it that i'm getting an alert on my phone and that's when i saw that tweet it's so funny. The internet quickly jumped into the conversation because it's not often that uh, government senpai notices anime. The commission acknowledged that Denji would fall uh, would not fall under its jurisdiction, what with him being a man and all. The next question would be whether Denji might be open to doing a PSA for all of us non-chainsaw people. Uh, they tweeted... Correct. Person made of chainsaws would not, uh, similar to that plant that someone gave a machete the other day. Which also, oh, yes. <laughs> did you see that? I remember machete plant. Machete okay, plant I'm is gonna, our god. I, I'm going to take a quick side tangent because for those who don't know, some mad lad out there hooked up like electrode sensors to a plant to like sense its like thoughts or something. It's like bioverted. Yeah, it's biorhythm, and it, like, <laughs> turned it, those impulses into, like, arm movements, and at the end of it, they put a machete. 
so there's just a robotic machete wielding plant out there i've always been saying we should arm the hydrangeas (laughs) i mean i I i'm pretty sure i have an entire like instagram devoted to that um which is gundams and gardens if y'all haven't checked it out um but (laughs) To continue with this wild story, they also tweeted, uh, but a person made of chainsaws, uh, sorry, but would a person made of chainsaws do a chainsaw safety PSA for people not made of chainsaws who uses chainsaws? That is the question. The account also shared an AI artwork by blogger Parker Malloy uh, of what a chainsaw man would allegedly look like. The AI image use the prompt man made of chainsaws Uh, the images themselves are not particularly entertaining it's just the whole entire concept of it is hilarious yeah yeah it was a really funny moment in my day when that happened (laughs) it's just well when uh, when it first happened i thought it was like it's like oh it's one of those accounts that changes their name and it's not actually them but then i saw the blue check mark and i was like "Uh uh-oh so here's what I will say is like you see things like Uzaki Chan like doing like blood drives in Japan and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I I think that Chainsaw Man should do a PSA like public safety announcement for chainsaws for the United States. I'm all about this. This is this is what I want my tax dollars going to. I mean, listen, if they have to go somewhere, I'd rather it go there than like I don't know, giving drones to Saudi Arabia or wherever. Yeah. Uh, so let's make it happen. Someone sign up, make a petition. Or uh, there's got to be someone at the U.S. Safety Commission who listens to our podcast, right? We're global. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else um, is global, but, best boy Dan? Uh, uh, you like it, that? You like that transition? Is, is, it, your, is it your segue? <laughs> it's my segue is global because next up we're going to be talking about releases and updates. Yeah, which most of which are global. Do we have a sound uh, up- for that? <laughs> not yet, but like someday. maybe someday. Probably not today because there's so much to do. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, up first, uh, Trigun it has a date. It's coming January 2023. Uh, it's also going to be streaming uh, on Crunchyroll outside of Asia. Uh, Trigun Stampede is the name of that uh, season, and I am psyched. The The new image looks really cool. The animation looks so different from what the original Trigun was that I'm very interested. Like it's If it was like very similar to the, what the old Trigun was, I would be kind of disinterested and bored. But like this new artwork looks very, very different, and I'm curious how it's going to be uh, played out. I- I think it's going to be an interesting show, um, especially Absolutely. if uh, if the return of Bleach has anything to say about it. Absolutely. Uh, Next up, we have a story of a small senior in my company uh, is getting an anime adaptation in 2023. Um, this is a cute and fun story that I've been keeping up with the manga for. I think it has a potential to make a splash because uh, one of the char- the main characters, Shiori, is definitely waifu material. Uh, Dan, you in particular would enjoy her big personality. Gotcha. Uh, Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, one thing that I'm excited about, though I really want it to be an anime, is she loves to cook and she loves to eat manga, is getting a uh, live action show. It's going to have 10 episodes on NHK, streaming, uh, or starting on November 29th. Um, the manga is amazing. It's a top 20 list of manga for female readers, uh, and it was, like ranked second in the 2020 This Is Manga's Amazing Awards. Um, Y'all should check this out. This is something I picked up at um, Comic-Con and gave to Best Boy Justin to read. I really enjoyed it. It's a very sweet story. Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, I'm glad it's getting traction, but I want it to have an anime because I'm probably not going to be able to watch the live action. Yeah, but I would absolutely watch so many anime of this. Absolutely. Um... Yes, uh, and then also uh, <laughs> there's this new uh, anime coming out called uh, "Saving Eight Hundred or Eighty Thousand Gold in Another World for My Retirement," uh, and it is coming out in January 2023. And this makes me really depressed. Yeah, yeah, because this is just like the the like horrors of capitalism the anime isekai version my retirement plan is to dual wield machetes in the climate wars yes i i definitely plan on dying in the water wars you know what else plans on dying in the water wars i don't know maybe probably (laughs) yeah junji ito maniac uh japanese tales of the macabre uh an original anime based on various stories from horror manga artist junji ito uh, will include 20 stories from his body of work and is slated for release on Netflix in January 2023. Um, I This sounds really super cool. I'm kind of bummed it's not out for Halloween. But. Yeah, that would be nice. I just want them to actually have a good Junji Ito adaptation. From everything from everything I've seen, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Apparently, people people who are familiar with Junji Ito's work are saying that they chose the right stories. Um, so that's right. good. Excellent. And I know a list of them came out. So if you're interested in what it's going to be, look it up. Absolutely. Um, but that's going to be a good place for us to leave our releases and updates. I'm going to talk a little bit about my anime news. And of course, since we're keeping it brief, I'm only going to do one story. And you know it's going to be Gundam news. What's this? That's right, Best Buds. If you've been following the release of the latest Gundam show, The Witch from Mercury, you're probably familiar with the Gundam Ariel, which is the uh, main character's uh, Gundam uh, for the show. Um, Well, the Gunpla kits for Gundam Ariel have been selling out so fast that customers of a Bic camera store in Akihabara were treated to a different Ariel in the form of Ariel brand corn snacks. Um, yes. When their entire display of Gundam Aerial model kits sold out, staff at the store decided to put bags of Aerial snacks in their place, uh, the photo of which has since gone viral in Japan. This has actually led to an official association being formed between the two brands, with upcoming packaging of Aerial snacks set to bear illustrations of characters from the Witch of Mer- uh, from Mercury. These snacks are available in sea salt with Suleta, thick cheddar cheese with Jeturk, uh, grilled mm, corn with, with Elon, two C's <laughs> and corn potage with uh, Shadik. Um, the series is also planning a gunpla giveaway as part of a campaign to launch at a later date. I know I definitely want my limited corn uh, snack Gundam, but my real question is why didn't Miorin uh, get a flavor? Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I feel like white cheddar, maybe. I don't know, maybe like like salt and vinegar because she's a tsundere. Um, 
Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, the vinegar would work. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Bring me the Sundere Gundam. Um, and if you want to bring me the Sundere Gundam, um, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Uh, or you can even send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com because we would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Um, if you've ever tried these snacks, uh, I'm curious to know what they taste like. I've never had them. Um, but well, the kind of snacks that I have had uh, are the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Fall. 2022. What's falling my 22s? <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah. I did it. I did. I did the thing. Uh, anyway, uh, we are just going to get into it because there is a lot. Um, there's a little something for everyone, um, but this is like definitely a season of like big action pack shows. Absolutely. Um, for sure. But I would say there's a little for every uh, something for everyone. And up first, uh, we have my master has no tail. And this is definitely not one of those big action films. Um, this is from Linden Films, who gave us Tokyo Revengers, Call of the Night, uh, Other Side Picnic, and Bastard. Um, this also airs on High Dive. Yes. Uh, the story is set in early 1900s Japan, a society on the verge of modernity. Mameda, a shape-shifting tanuki girl, dreams of spending her days playing silly tricks on humans just like her father. Everyone around her, however, is given up on this lifestyle. After all, humans don't fall for the same old tricks anymore. Tanuki are better off living separately from humans, they insist. Heedlessly of their advice, Mameda heads off to Osaka and quickly discovers that the big city with its electric lamps and motor vehicles is no place for a tanuki who can't even manage to hide her tail. Dejected and on the verge of leaving her dreams behind, Mameda chances upon a Rakugo performance and is immediately entranced by the performer, Bunko-san. Uh, how can she manage to trick so many humans at once? Mameda is determined to learn how. Um, this is very cute. I like this show. I think it's. I think yeah. it's really interesting. Um, it kind of deals with this. Uh, this idea of like folklore being juxtaposed with like modernity in Japan. Um, and it also talks a lot about Rakugo, which is something I've been kind of curious about since I started reading Akane Banashi. Yeah, it's. It is cool to see that. Um, I learned a little bit about Rakugo like in the past in my theater studies, um, but it's interesting to like actually see performances of it and uh, Japanese performance, like theatrical performance in general, is like very stylized and very interesting um, yeah. in how it's all set up. So it it is going to be with a lot of animes interesting to see like them d dive into this like hyper specific world yeah and if you don't know what rakugo is um basically it's this kind of one person show where the performer embodies each character using like minimal props um and they're they have like these little post-credit scenes that explain how rakugo works after each episode so if you've never heard of it and you have no idea what i'm talking about don't think that you can't approach this anime because it will you will learn about it as you watch um the show and it's definitely funny um 
the moment that I, that really like kind of sold me on the show um which was uh it happened in one of the like towards the middle of the first episode when she was jumping off of the thing you remember what she was she was jumping off that cliff and she's like ha use foolish humans i'm a tanuki don't you know tanuki can use their scrotum to um to <laughs> glide through the air and then she like she's falling for a couple seconds and then she really she she hits it hits her she's like oh wait i'm a girl i don't have a scrotum and it was, i was like oh my god i do remember that part that part had me laughing and there are moments like that in each episode of the show so i definitely if even if you're looking for just a light comedy i think this has you covered um and you should definitely check it out yeah, uh, I definitely enjoyed this. I, I want to use this opportunity to introduce uh, something new I've been thinking about. So my question for you is, is this a show you are going to continue watching after the, after we have recorded the, this episode? So this one, um, I am going to give it a few more episodes because like I, I wouldn't say this is one that I am 100% going to keep watching. Um, but having watched three episodes of it, I am willing to watch more. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to do this with like each show. So for this one, for me, uh, I enjoyed it. It was one cute episode. Um, and it, it's something that I could watch like at some point. But I <sighs> think with how heavy packed this season is, this will not be in my rotation. Okay. Next up, we have I've somehow gotten stronger when I improved my farm related skills. Uh, coming to us from Studio ACAT, which did Frame Arms Girls. Um, this one is actually also going to be streaming on High Dive. Um, it follows the story of Al Wayne, a young man who aims to be a top-notch farmer who's refined his farming skills and finally reached the max level. However, once he achieved the pinnacle of farming skills, for some reason his life began to take a drastic direction. Um, I had to be straight up. This one, the intro to this show in the first episode has some of the worst CGI that I've seen in a very long time. Like, oh god, it's, it's like really bad. it's worse than like X Arm, yeah, from like a few seasons ago. It this show is fine. It's just like the most you know bog standard power fantasy isekai, except for like he wants to just be a gardener. Yeah, it's um, the most but, generic isekai you can think of. Yeah, I was, like, kind of excited about it because I like plants, but, like, eh. Or I said isekai. It's not an isekai. It's just a power fantasy. It It is just a fantasy. It it seems like it should be an isekai because it's very much treated as one. And it does the whole, like, uh, video game stats thing. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, this is a skip for me. Yeah, I'm not going to be continuing this one either. So up next we have I'm the Villainous, so I'm taming the final boss. This comes to us from Maho Film. I'm standing on, uh, they did I'm Standing on a Million Lives. Uh, it's also available on Crunchyroll. Uh, Eileen Lauren Dutrick's life changes forever on the day of her engagement with the crown prince Cedric Jean Elmer uh, is nullified so he can be together with Lilia Rainworth. The event triggers Eileen's memories from her past life. She has been reincarnated into an Otome game as the villainess, who is destined to die in the final act. To prevent her de- predetermined demise, Eileen has only one option, to court the game's last boss. 
I guess. <laughs> uh, Claude Jean Elmer, the proclaimed demon king and Cedric's half-brother, and she must marry him. However, it is easier said than done, as Claude distrusts her intentions. Instead of giving up, Eileen adamantly tries to win his heart by helping Cedric fulfill his wish yeah. to build a... Uh, <laughs> to build a peace between human and demonic beasts. But time is running out, and it is up to Eileen to change the course of not only her tragic ending, but Claude as well. Um, this starts off the same as My Life is a Villainous, like literally the exact same. And uh, then it goes in the complete opposite direction. Um, not like stylistically, but just kind of plot wise. Um, it, it's. The whole getting reincarnated into an Otome game is very weird to me <laughs> for some reason. Like, I just of all the uh, like fantasy worlds to get reincarnated to, and I guess it's it's courting that particular audience. Um, but like, it's cute, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, typically this is not my <laughs> genre of of show to watch, but it actually kind of. Um, grabbed me in a way that um, my life as a villainous never did. I think that's because it's much funnier. Um, it is very funny, so it has that going for it. Yeah, um, it, it has its moments. Uh, this, I don't know. It just it feels like it's not really doing anything particularly different. Well, like I said, I I don't really watch any of those other shows, so I couldn't really say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, like like Dan said, it's it's pretty standard for the for the genre if that's the type of thing you're into. Um, I'll probably give this one another couple episodes. It does it does get a lot of points for me just for being very funny. Um, so I'll probably I'll probably keep up with it at least a little bit. Yeah, probably not so much for me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next up, we have uh, Raven of the Inner Palace, which comes to us from Bandai Namco Pictures, who did Birdie Wings, Golf Girl Story, and Gintama. Uh, this one's streaming also on Crunchyroll. Uh, deep within the Inner Palace lives a special consort who does not serve the Emperor, despite her position known as the Raven Consort. People who have seen her say she looks like an old woman, while others say she looks like a young girl. Stories talk of her use of mysterious arts and how she can take on any request. Be it death curses to finding lost things, Koshun, the current emperor, goes to visit the Raven Consort with that intention, without knowing that their fated meeting will also become a taboo that will overturn history. Um, this one's kind of neat because it actually takes place in ancient China. Um, it doesn't. It, it takes place, I guess, in like a fictional time period during ancient China because you can't really place it. It's not like in like the Three Kingdoms era or anything like that. Um, but it, it, it the the setting is very much an ancient Chinese setting where in where you have like this very complicated court system um, with like you know consorts and ladies in waiting and so on and so forth. Um, it's basically like a mystery romance drama with some magic weaved in. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty intrigued by it. There's also a magic chicken, which I'm super hype about. Um, yes. Love Every me some magic poultry. Magic chicken. Yeah, for um, sure. But also, just like uh, I, the visuals are very nice in this show too. Yeah, and I I really enjoy the characters as well. Um, they're they all seem to have like these very interesting and probably very tragic backstories. Mm -hmm. um, 
we saw a little bit of uh, the kings, um, and it, it's kind of wild. Uh, they get right into it. Um, but I get, like, kind of ancient Magus Bride vibes from it. Uh, it's, it's definitely different um, from that, but, like, it has just kind of a similar feel to it. Like, I think if you enjoyed that show, you would enjoy this show, too. Okay. Yeah, I think definitely, um, you know, the, the, the character stories are really well fleshed out especially i don't know how far you've gotten into it but also like the raven consort she has like a very uh interesting backstory um and there's like uh you know it's just uh, the characters motivations all feel very organic which i think is important yeah no there's it's tough to get into too much because it, you very into spoiler territory with this one yeah um but definitely worth a watch and i'm intrigued to see the kind of the overall mystery and how it unravels absolutely yeah i'm uh, i'm gonna keep up with this show pretty much for sure up next we have beast tamer which comes to us from emt squared who gave us i'm quitting heroing Beast Tamer Rain, who uses animals, was a member of the Heroes Party. However, since he couldn't do anything else, he wasn't able to keep up in battle. You only know how to play with animals. You're fired. Rain is kicked out of the party and now lives freely as an adventurer. On his journey, he meets a girl from a cat tribe, the so-called strongest species. Elsewhere, the Heroes Party remains unaware of their previous success was all thanks to Rain. This is the story of a beast tamer who no longer held back and his faithful encounter with a, pre- a precious companion. Um, it is uh, interesting. It was a little bit like more fleshed out than I originally thought it was going to be. It just kind of gave me very like generic vibes right off the bat. Um, yeah. But I like how they're kind of structuring the world. Um yeah, I, I'm curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it's definitely there is becoming a new trope within the kind of fantasy genre where the trope is like the hero, like the main character is someone who's been kicked out of the hero's party. Um, and I was kind of prepared to write this one off as well, um, just because it just didn't seem like a very fleshed out story. But I did, you know, in the second and third episodes start to kind of get these shades of a more interesting story um, that I think it, it, it might, there might be something here. Um, it has a trope that I really love, which is the guild receptionist that is like, comes off really cheerful at first, but is actually like cold and mean on the inside. And then sometimes the personality leaks out, um, which yes. I think is a very funny and fun trope. Um, this is not the only show this season where we get this. Um, I also, I was watching an episode of it on the train home today, and I was like, oh, this is like Best Boy Justin's future wife right yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a thing I enjoy, and this this show does it pretty well. Um, what I, did she say? I don't remember exactly what she said. I think it was like... It was like, piss off or something. Yeah, something... It was like, piss off and die. Or yeah, something. go go piss off and die, you piece of shit, or something like that. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think there's also an interesting contrast here between this show and S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Um, And that's specifically, like, because, okay, so he's a beast tamer, right? His job is Mm. to tame beasts. But when you have this cat spirit who is sentient, you kind of run into ethical problems, right? 
Um, and I think that the way this show handles it is way better than with Shield Hero. So the contract system that the Beast Tamer uses, um, it seems to rely on mutual consent. Um, and it does not allow the user to force the other party to do things against their will. Um, as far as I can tell, it, it mainly serves as like a bond between the two parties so they can like always communicate with each other. Um, and it allows them to benefit from each other's strengths, um, which I think is neat. Uh, you can contrast this to Shield Hero, which is literal slavery. Um, so I, it, it, it was it's something that struck me because when, when I was thinking about the premise of this show, I was like, is it going to be problematic? Um, and I feel like it handles that issue pretty well. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think there's a show this season that does an even better job with it, but I think this one definitely does a good job with it. Um, I really also enjoyed the idea of like just how powerful the character like was without even realizing it the whole time. Um, I think it gives them a little bit like more grounded place to start from right like you have a lot of uh these protagonists who are just like super overpowered and they haven't like earned it or like really gone through struggles other than being like a neat in their former life um and and this one will hopefully make for him being like kind of you know a more empathetic protagonist and not you know just like an ass like most of them are yeah and i think we're we're starting to in the third episode we're starting to get a much bigger feel for exactly how powerful rain actually is and like doesn't seem to realize it, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm it'll I'm, be interesting to see how it plays out too. Yeah, I, I think uh, surprisingly enough, I didn't see myself giving this one any more than three episodes, but I will probably continue watching at least three more to see if it holds my attention. So for me, I absolutely would continue watching this in any other season but this one is like this one is just like barely not making my list of ones that i'm gonna like keep up with but definitely one i might come back to yeah um next up we have the one that I've been waiting to talk about, and I'm sure you've all been waiting to hear about, because I like that we just happen to be like alternating which one we were talking about, and you happen to get the gun. I mean, one. I was gonna do this one anyway. There was no question about it. But... <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, I would have like submitted the recording, <laughs> and you would have like gone in, taught yourself how to edit, and like put your recording in over top of it yes. if I had done anything else. <laughs> because the, the next one we're going to talk about is Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. That's right. This is the first new Gundam show in seven years. Uh, comes to us, of course, from Sunrise, who did some shows you might have heard of, such so Code Geass, Cowboy Bebop, Gintama, Inuyasha... Uh, and also all the Gundams. Um, and it is streaming on Crunchyroll. The year is Adstella 122, an era where when a multitude of corporations have entered space and built a large economic system, a lone girl from the remote planet Mercury transfers to the Astacasia School of Technology, run by the Benerit Group, which dominates the mobile suit industry. Her name is Suleta Mercury, with a scarlet light burning in her pure heart, this girl walks step by step through a new world. 
I mean, like, I literally can't say enough about this show. It's, like, so fucking good. It's um, really good. Like, not even, like, for a Gundam. Like, I think this is a show that anyone can enjoy. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's got a really... It's in, taking a really interesting direction for the Gundam franchise. Um, I was actually reading an interview with the producer of this show, Takia Okamoto, um, and he was talking about having a group of students who visited Sunrise for a social studies field trip. Um, and he recalled how they said that Gundam isn't aimed at us, and if I see Gundam in the title, I won't watch it. Um, and he was saying how a lot of the common plot devices in Gundam, like the brutality of war, uh, child soldiers and the like, had kind of felt like alienating to teens um, who would otherwise be like the kind of target audience for getting into Gundam. Um and I think so far this show has been the perfect answer to that problem. Uh, at least I hope so. I'm not a teen anymore, which I'm uh, shocker. Um, but uh, so I don't actually know how it will resonate with them. But I think it's a refreshing take on the franchise. And he also did say that um, while there was like a concrete decision made not to have the first few episodes be too heavy, um, there will be plenty of drama for an adult audience to uh, enjoy. Although I will say the prequel was very heavy. Oh, yeah, for um. sure. But you know what I realized about the prequel, too? What's that? Is uh, just from kind of a viewing standpoint, if you are watching it as it airs on TV, which I guess there are people who do, um, you, you won't see the prequel. Um, but it is on Crunchyroll if you go to watch it. Yeah. It's on Crunchyroll. It's on YouTube. Uh, I said this one is streaming on Crunchyroll. It is also streaming on YouTube, I believe. I think they are streaming this one on the Gundam.info YouTube uh, YouTube channel. Um, uh, I believe that is true. So there's no excuse not to watch it out there, people. Yeah. Uh, also, there's a Yuri subplot. So we've got Yuri Watch 2022, baby. We're back. Uh, it. I don't, I'm pretty sure they've like confirmed that it's not you know Yuri bait either. So like I think it's it's on. It's not even a watch. It's just Yuri 2022, baby. I, I will believe it when they kiss. Um, <laughs> but yes, this show. And listen, there's a lot of people. Uh, out there who are going to be getting into Gundam for the first time because of like I've had conversations with people um you know cuz we I do, I do chat with some of our mutuals on on Instagram um who've been like oh what should I watch this season and I'll tell them like watch this show and they'll be like I've never seen a Gundam show before I was like then this is the perfect show for you to watch um especially like you know a lot of women uh and girls are getting into Gundam for the first time from this show and I think yeah. that's amazing um, I think that's great, and I think the kits are going to be really great for them to build too. Um, I, like, I'm pretty sure the very next Gundam kit I'm going to get will be a Gundam Ariel. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe Lefrith. Lefrith is really cool too. Lefrith is also really cool. Um, um, but yeah, it's it, it's a great show. The characters are all like really interesting. The world is very fascinating. There's a lot of like political drama going on but it's not weighing down the kind of other sub or you know kind of main plot of yeah you know it's gundam battle school right like it's it's it, gundam battle school but like also you still have these same high drama plots happening in the background so like yeah you have suleta like enjoying going to school for the first time but there's like a corporate assassination plot happening in the background that she's completely unaware of you know so like it's it's very akin to like kind of Harry Potter storytelling, right? Because you have this 
uh, you know, main story that's happening in the school, but there's the kind of world-changing events going on surrounding it that the characters are tied into. Um, and and it blows me away at how well they strike that balance, too, because this feels like a show adults and children could watch together, which I don't get from Gundam generally. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Like, the, the, it, Gundam is very a precise audience, it has felt like in the past. Absolutely. And I feel like also, like, things like... we're The story and everything around it is so good that we're we're missing... Like, it's so good that you can be forgiven for also forgetting that the animation is beautiful. Um, yeah. The soundtrack is amazing. OP and ED are both bangers. Oh, um, uh, yeah, for sure. It's one of my not-skip ones. Yeah, like, this show is firing on absolute all cylinders. And, like, I- I'm not going to give too much, like, breathing... I'm not going to, uh, like, dedicate too much of my breath to the people who are, like... Gundam has a girl in it. Like, if you're not watching this show because it has a female protagonist, absolutely fuck you. you. You're missing out on (laughs) like one of the best Gundam properties we've had. I have zero interest in you as a human being. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) because that's a stupid reason. (laughs) My my bottom line in this show is whether or not you've ever been into Gundam before, you should watch this show. It is definitely worth your time and attention. And I'm not just saying that as somebody who is like a fanatic for Gundam. This is like this is the spot if you're looking whether if you were or weren't looking for a way to get into Gundam, this is the way to do it, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't have any interest in Gundam, I would say like if you just have a passing interest in large robots fighting, this is the perfect show. Like this scratches that like Pacific Rim itch of just like robots fighting monsters cuz the fight sequences are totally rad yeah the fight sequences are amazing um and yeah i mean i'm definitely this is not only a show i'm going to be watching i am it's one of the shows that i watch on release (laughs) yes this is also the one that he will be proselytizing yeah (laughs) um up next we have shinobi no itoki itoki um Coming at us from Troika, who gave us Aldenoa Zero and Idolish Seven. Uh, after surviving an attack from rival Koga clan, Itoki Sakura- Sakuraba, uh, an ordinary boy, discovers that he is a 19th heir to the Iga Ninja clan. Uh, Itoki learns that to become an Iga clan ninja, he must join a war between the Iga and Koga clans. Uh, and it looks like it's becoming a ninja high school show. Yes, it is. Um, which is not what I originally thought it was going to be, but is kind of interesting, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I watched the third episode of it today. It's definitely, it's definitely going in the ninja school direction. Um, yeah, I got to the second one. I don't know. I mean, you know, the the, the action sequences in the show are really good. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I'll give and it that. I, and in general, I kind of like the concept. Again, it's it's kind of a Harry Potter concept of, or really like any of those, oh, you are accepted into this school, you have these powers you didn't know you had sort of thing, but uh, ninjas, which is, ninjas are cool. Yeah, ninjas are cool. I mean, I guess, you know, the story, there. it seems like there's a mystery story back there somewhere. It just, it hasn't grabbed me yet. I mean, um I guess like where this will exist for me in the season is like it's in a gray area. I might watch it, I might not. I guess it depends on like if I find myself 
having caught up on everything else that I wanted to watch, I might pick up an episode. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be not, a priority for me, I don't think. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not high on my list of I must watch this every week. So yeah. I think the I'm, thing that annoys this is me the probably most probably gonna be a pass from me, dog. The the thing that the thing that, that annoys me the most is just like one of the 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 side characters, like the main side character, his like childhood friend is just like the Uber Sundere. Like she like she wears a mask and everything. So it's like uh, You know, I don't know. she is the only person wearing a mask and i appreciate it yes good for her still covid going on good good for her her social distancing bad for her character development that's true um Um, next up we have reincarnated as a sword um the last one by the way is on crunchyroll i don't remember if we mentioned that or not this one is also uh on high dive however um comes to us from c2c who did harukana receive um the synopsis is as follows Hunted, enslaved, and killed, such is the terrible fate that befalls members of the Black Cat tribe. Twelve-year-old Fran, a girl of the persecuted race, craves revenge for the atrocities committed against her people. She dreams of a brighter future, one for which she will not hesitate to get her hands dirty. An encounter with a talking sword, a reincarnated man looking for a beautiful wielder, turns out to be the deciding moment that will change her fate. With the help of her new comrade, the young Fran plans to reclaim the pride and honor of her kin, slashing down all her enemies along the way. With an unshakable resolve, she embarks on a journey with her miraculous sword. Um, uh, what do you think, Best Boy Dan? Why don't you start off? I expected to hate the show after the first episode. Well, maybe not hate. I was like, oh, this is like, you know, typical power fantasy. Like yeah. it starts off, he like collects his powers like really quick, like faster than like slime um, yeah. does. It <laughs> just like gets uber powerful really quick. And you're like, okay, well, great, it's gonna be this. Um, and then I watched the second episode today, and the um, Fran. Uh, turns out to be a wonderful character. She didn't get a whole lot of time to shine in the first episode. You know, what with her being captured as a slave and whatnot. Um, But I think this is going to kind of turn that, like, uh, symbiotic relationship trope um, on its head a little bit. Uh, So I'm actually pretty excited about this show. Yeah. Um, Just from those two episodes. Because I... I really like how they are developing their relationship and kind of how he is, uh, you know, powerful in his own right, but then kind of realizes, oh, I'm not nearly as powerful as I think I am. And then also you get, you know, elements of um, her just kind of surprising him with her own abilities and even surprising herself and, and him just kind of being there to support her. You know, it being a story about her being the one trying to achieve her dreams. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I, I was definitely not expecting too much from this show, but the second episode really grabbed me. Um, I do think I, I enjoy any show where a slave gets to kill their master. I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> um, I think um, this this show also has the, the same trope from... Um, Beast Hammer with the kind of faux cheerful guild receptionist. 
Um, I yeah. think they do it better in this show because I'm pretty sure she actually like beats the shit out of somebody at one point, which I think <laughs> was hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was not expecting to like this show as much as I did. Um, really interesting character designs. Um, I thought at first the design of the sword was kind of goofy, um, but having had some time to sit with it and reflect on it, I think it's actually not, it's not too poorly executed. Um, I love Fran. She's adorable. Um, probably the reason why I got hooked on it. Um, yeah, I would say must protect, but I don't think she's going to need it. Yeah, no, definitely not. She's, uh, she's going to have an interesting story storyline, I think. Um, I, I like I said, I was not expecting to 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 like this one, but I think this one's going in the rotation. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's going to be one of those ones that looks one way on the surface, but really turns out to be surprising. So this is going to be one that I'm uh, not committing the whole season to, but I'm going to definitely watch a few more episodes of. All right. Um, up next, we have the Eminence in Shadow. Uh, this was done by nexus who also did darwin's game and i believe this one's also on high dive yes it is um great heroes and diabolical villains are the types of characters that people long to be but not sid kaganau he longs to be the true mastermind behind it all pulling the strings and having his machinations drive the entire story in his previous life in modern day japan he was not able to achieve his goals but now reborn into a world of magic he will show his true show the true eminence of shadow as sid pretends to be just another average mob character he recruits members to his organization shadow garden claiming to take down the mysterious cult who lurks in the shadows with plenty of ad libs sid leads his organization against the foul uh diablos cult diabolos cult yeah um this show i was like really high up on the like anticipation list um and i just kind of had never heard of it until right before this season um I it, it was kind of described as kick-ass getting isekai'd and then forming an Illuminati, and that seems pretty spot on. Um, but yeah, it's though I am concerned it may swing Harami. It's definitely kind of looking that way. Uh, I will say part of so okay, so this is definitely it, it, it comes in as like a, the kind of genre like it's not actual genre, but what I like to refer to as like edgelord power fantasies so like sure, you get the main yeah. character who's definitely like oh like i'm gonna like uh i'm gonna be the most powerful dark you know wielder of of influence and like he kind of does things that like a serial killer does but like it's presented in a good light it's so, like he basically <laughs> he goes and he hones his skills by like killing a bunch of people and like the show in well, the show bandits it's within, fine because he's killing bandits exactly like within within the the framework of the show it's it's morally justified because they're bandits of course but like the behavior would be troubling if uh, of a child you know if you found out that a child was going out and fighting bandits and like murdering them um you would be it, a little concerned um, it reminds me of a character in um uh horizon the first game they like there's a bunch of like bandit camps and you like go and you kill the bandits and you 
get experience points, right? Yeah. But there's this one that you like go and uh, you run into this guy and he'll help you out from time to time. And you find out that he like used to be in like uh, the war and, you know, it was like the first time he was just like allowed to just go kill people. And he was like, yes, this is perfect. And then he goes and kills bandits and he's like, I do this because no one cares that I'm killing them, but I only do it because I want to kill. And that's kind of yeah. what this kid is like. I, I will say this the, for, for, for all of the show's kind of weird edge Lordy fault. Um, it is kind of funny because one of the central conceits of this show is that he has become isekai into this world and he kind of decides to just like kind of create his own lore. Right. So like, He's inventing this organization that he's the head of that doesn't actually exist. And like he's inventing this cult that he like that doesn't actually like he he he's making the whole thing up and all the people involved don't realize that. So like all the people involved start reading things into his actions that don't actually mean anything. And he's basically just like ad libbing his way through it um, until he figures out that it's actually real. And he just he had just been bullshitting the whole time. Um, and I think that the, the way the show handles that central conceit is actually pretty well done, um, in a way that mm. it, 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 it's, it's, it, it makes it funny. You know, it, it, yeah. it makes the whole, the whole, all of the edgelordy things he does, it kind of turns it on its head and it's like, guess what? It's all, it's all actually real and you're just an idiot, you know? Yeah. Um, I think this is this is one that I will give a few more episodes to because I, I'm intrigued. I will give it at least one more because it left on a cliffhanger that I would like to know the resolution of. Um, so yeah. I think it's worth at least one more episode. Yeah, um, the, the cliffhanger got me too. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Encouragement of Climb. Next Summit. Um, this one comes to us from 8-Bit, who did that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, as a child, Aoi Yukimura adored mountains and was passionate about climbing. However, a playground accident has since left her afraid of heights, turning her to uh, toward indoor hobbies. Unfortunately, now a shy and timid first-year high school student, Aoi has become so absorbed in these pastimes that she can barely socialize with others, leaving her practically friendless. It's only when she runs into the lively Hinata Kurae, um, an old friend from her climbing days, that things start to change. Impulsive and high-spirited, Hinata insists on having Aoi join her in all sorts of climbing activities. Although reluctant at first, Aoi quickly finds that her time with Hinata brings back fond memories of their childhood and soon decides to start climbing again. As the return to her past hobby starts to bring, out her, bring her out of her shell, Aoi finds herself gaining close friends, taking on new challenges, and continuing to find her own encouragement to climb. Um, now here's an interesting thing, Best Boy Dan. I didn't actually realize that this show wasn't the first installment in its series until I was writing out I, this doc. I had no idea until I read this yeah, from uh, your writing of this doc. Apparently, Encouragement of Climb ran for three seasons. Um, although, <laughs> Who knew? I will say this. The, the, they, were, they were not like full length episodes. So like they were, uh, I think the first season was five minute episodes. And then the second season was like 15 minute episodes. So they weren't full like season season length episodes but um they ran beginning in 2013 i am not too sure what the relationship next summit has to the other ones um i think it might be a remake but it could be a sequel i don't know what the age is of the girl like it, it could be very well be that the original encouragement of climb um 
episodes take place in elementary school. I don't know. They seem kind of young to be climbing mountains in elementary school. Um, but the basically what, what my point is that is um, you don't actually need to have seen these to enjoy this because it, it, it works as a standalone story. Um, I didn't have any questions. I didn't feel like I was missing any part of the story. Um, if I had never looked it up, I would have never known that there was like earlier uh, parts of this story that had been told. Um, yeah, same, same for me too. And it also is not unprecedented for the best boys to accidentally jump into a second or third season of something. I think it happened to us with like Tawawa on a Monday or something like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was that season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would agree. I, it it starts off kind of in its own story. Yeah, and I mean. Um... You know, so if, if you did for some reason know that this had come from an earlier story um, and you were avoiding it because of that, you don't have to. You can watch this show without watching the other installments. Um, as far as this show in particular is concerned, uh, one of the things that I, I told Best Boy Dan about was like, I feel like this show is aggressively not Yuru Camp. And I feel like it's trying to make you understand that. It's like Yuru Camp I, I and I are different. You until- I didn't believe you until the second episode, but I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's like this this show is not Yuru Camp, although it does fall definitely within the same kind of uh, milieu. Um, I I enjoy it. It's interesting. It had for what was for me a very relatable moment um, because there was a point in the second episode where she's climbing a mountain um, before she decides to climb Mount Fuji. And she's thinking to herself, she's like, wait, this isn't fun. I'm exhausted. My feet hurt. My bag weighs a ton. This is torture. I want to go home. Why did I even come out here? And like, I had this exact train of thought at one point, 20 miles into a 24 mile hike. And it's like, okay, I can, I, I get where she's coming from here. So like that, that was, that was a moment that kind of endeared the main character to me as somebody, um, you know, who <laughs> was not enjoying this at the time. Yeah. Um, I love how the first episode is like, let's hike Fujisan. And then the second episode is like, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see how they like deal with the reality of that embarrassment you get when you agree to do something and you like are not capable of completing that thing. And that results in someone else not being able to do it and having to like es escort you or do that. Like, I feel like that is a very relatable experience that's happened to anyone. And it, it can be kind of a make or break moment for people of like, do they get back on the horse? Do they like just turn away and never like face it again? So I think that they're going to explore that kind of story. And I guess when you think about it, it's in the title, it's encouragement of climb. Like, yeah. Um, I I think that's going to be a nice story to tell. Yeah, I, I you know I remember thinking like they're like let's climb Mount Fuji and I was like wait wait hold on it's only the first episode something's going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it does, oh, also high but, dive. The show is on high dive. Yeah, the show is on high dive. Um, it, it, something does go wrong. I feel like you know th this show is doing something interesting though because it, it's taking it, it is fir it is firmly within the cute girls doing cute things genre. 
but it is definitely yeah. a different way of approaching it because the the shows in that in this genre tend to be very upbeat very happy very you know kind of like yeah we can do it everybody you know try your best and there's nothing wrong with that i don't hate that but i feel like what this show is doing is kind of turning that on its head a little bit um and there's another show this season that we'll talk about that's also doing this but um where you're kind of seeing the character facing real challenges that are relatable and interesting. Um, mm. And I think that is, you know, it's definitely a positive thing. Um, also, as far as the animation is concerned, the, the visuals are gorgeous, of course. Um, the, oh, I remember the OP being kind of good as well. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good looking show. I think for me, in terms of like, am I going to keep watching this? Uh, again, in any other season, absolutely. In this season, I have room for uh, one slice of life and this ain't it, son. I'm definitely watching this show. I'm not making mistakes like Dan is. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but I will I will definitely tell you about the uh, show that I am definitely going to be watching this season. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. It comes to us from Pine Jam, who did Glepnir, Gamers, and Tawawa on a Monday, which is the only reason that's on my mind <laughs> um, from earlier. Um, but also, what a weird collection of shows. It is definitely a, an eclectic <laughs> uh, assortment of anime. I mean, it really hits all the different corners right there. Yeah. Um, but Do It Yourself follows high school girls working on DIY projects as uh, they struggle, fail, yet don't give up and see the project through to their end. Uh, the story depicts the lives of those girls as they take their first step towards the future. Um is this the best anime of the season? Question mark. I mean, uh, it's definitely up there. I don't think it's better than Gundam, but it's definitely up there. It's I am so thoroughly delighted. It's like has a little sprinkling of like Isakun, a little sprinkling of um uh laid back camp, like just uh, it's delightful. The art is amazing. Uh, I love uh, the world. It's like a, a weirdly futuristic high tech world for kind of no reason. Like it's just a, like a few years more advanced than I, we're at now. I don't think it's no reason, but I'll let you finish. Okay. Uh, at, at least initially, there's no reason. It's like a very like advanced. Yeah, like I'd say what like five years ahead of us maybe ten years shit I hope um, right uh, but it, it is like also contained in this very like simple like woodworking story just kind of humble back to basics kind of just like do it yourself kind of fixing thing and I think that juxtaposition of those two worlds is amazing um the art is amazing the music's amazing my favorite like character element is that everyone's like hair under shadow color is like very vibrant and yes. colorful and unique yes absolutely um, it's hard to describe like the like hair you see that's behind their neck per se. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but if you see the character designs, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, 
just a thoroughly enjoyable show. I love the main character. Yeah, she's great. I remember when at the end of the first episode when they said her full name out loud, which is uh, Yua Serufu, which is literally just a romanization of yourself. I was like, that's the name of the show. Do it. You are Serifu. <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the exactly. TV. <laughs> I was exactly that. It was so good. But um, all that aside, the show is fantastic. Um, and I think what I what I especially like uh, uh, getting at what we were talking about, about the setting, is that it does set up this kind of contrast between um, the kind of do it yourself, the kind of. Um, rustic almost not rustic but like the the hands-on nature that is represented by the main character and then you have the her her childhood friend who she's who is definitely a sundere and she's kind of she's representative of modernity so like she has all of the most modern tools and she goes to the super modern high school and she's learning how to use all these super modern production techniques and she's using 3d printers and she's learning you know the cutting edge of technology but she's unhappy like you can tell she's unhappy she's definitely um she won't say it but she wants her friend to be with her and she sees her friend having fun in this kind of not fully modernized world she sees her friend having fun making things with her hands and enjoying the company of her classmates um and kind of she she's almost like jealous she's like she's she's this kind of figure looking back from the other side of modernity and realizing that she's missed something you know and i think that's the kind of more the deeper storytelling element that kind of hides behind this uh, cute girls doing cute things show, you know, and it is very much that. Um, but I think it's one that has a much deeper story to tell. And I really enjoy it for that. Yeah, this is this is one I'm definitely watching. Oh, yeah. I'm all over this show, dude. Um, I, I, I had a feeling it was going to be good. I didn't realize how good it was going to be. Um. Next up, we have another fun one uh, for you, Best Buds. This one is Akiba Made War. Um, It's streaming on High Dive. Also, Do It Yourself is on Crunchyroll. I don't remember if we mentioned that. Um, But Akiba Made War is on High Dive. It is coming to us from PA Works, who did Angel Beats, Another, and Charlotte. Um, And it is set in spring 1999. Admiring and wanting to be a cute maid, a young girl comes to, uh, to Akihabara. Uh, the end of the century Akiba is filled with a wide variety of maids. The maid cafe Ton Tokoton, commonly known as Butagoya or the Pig Hut, uh, is open today as well. I was in a panic because the new maid who would join the store with me was quite unpredictable. Maids, trainers, and other Akihabara life forms appear as well as uh, as well, and the red bat swings into action. Uh, this is a full-fledged maid's work struggle diary given to all masters and ladies. We are waiting for you to come home, boo. Um, this description, and I, I chose to That's keep it... That's a synopsis. <laughs> I chose to keep it on purpose because of how ridiculous it is. Um, because uh, that is not the story. The show. It, it is the story, and it is not the story. Because the, that description is a red herring. The tagline of this show is maids, murder, mayhem. 
That's not coming from me. That's coming from the show. Um, this show is wild. Literally in the first episode, the main character who's like this kind of country bumpkin girl who like has these dreams of being a, a maid cafe girl in the big city. She gets like drawn into like a maid gang war where they're having gunfights and maid costumes in the streets set to music. To, yeah, to a musical number. It was amazing. It was and like you can tell like obviously as the viewer you've seen like the the artwork for the show you know what this show is but like seeing how it's playing out in the beginning you're confused you're like i don't understand is this show what i think it is and yes it absolutely is um (laughs) it's the way it gets there is just so crazy and wild yeah yeah it definitely it has the the kind of almost the feel of like a tarantino film uh, for the first episode where like you're just constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop and then when it mm. does it's just blood city um yeah oh and, yeah there's and, a lot of blood and like it, you know that being said it, it is over the top gory fight you know show at its core and it just so happens that the the fighters are maids they're all different types of maids so like the ca- the cafe that the main character works at is like a, a like pig maids so like they're all like uh oink oink smile smile like kind of like they all wear little floppy pig's ears um there's also like rabbit maids and there's like casino maids like all different types of like animal and like activity centric maids um i think the world is really interesting uh what do you think i just love I, I just love that the conceit of the world is just like, oh, yeah, uh, it's 1999, the streets of Akihabara, the maids shed blood daily. <laughs> like, it's just like an accepted thing. And 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 I think that took me a surprisingly long time to grasp in the context of the show, because I was like, what? what? It's just like, that's the world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and this country bumpkin is like... I guess finding it out kind of at the same pace that we are. And and the best part is the thing that introduces you to this world is just this, like, no fucks given yeah. uh, maid who just, like, is, like, only solves her problem by, like, shooting her way out. Yeah, I, I think her and, name like, is Ronko or Ranko, and she is great. <laughs> She's great. But also, like, it's just, for whatever reason, just accepted and fine in this world (laughs) yeah i think this this show is definitely it's bringing something to this season this kind of like funny goofy action type show that we that we don't really get every uh, very often um it is definitely uh something that you've never seen before absolutely you've never seen anything like this before yeah um Um, it's fun the op the op is great Yes, I'm so curious about the person with the squiggles in front of her face. Me too, yeah. Um, I, I For me, this is one I'm definitely going to give a few more episodes to. I won't commit the full season to, but I, I will check out a few more for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% committed to watching this to the end, but I will absolutely watch at least like to episode 6 just to see where this one goes because i've never seen a show like this before. I'm very, yeah. I'm very curious can... to see how they pull this off. Yeah, if it can pull through with the plot or it can, like, just keep delivering, I'll be down. Absolutely. Um, um, up next, we have, the oddly, the show that I'm, like, most anticipated week to week for. 
Um, and that's Blue Lock, which comes to us from 8-Bit, who did Reincarnated as a Slime. And the it is also airing on Crunchyroll. Uh, and the story goes as such. After reflecting on the current state of Japanese soccer, the Japanese Football Association decides to hire the enigmatic and eccentric coach, Jinpachi Igo, to achieve the dream of winning the World Cup. Believing that Japan has lacked an egotistic striker hungry for goals, Jinpachi initiates the Blue Lock, a prison-like facility where 300 talented strikers from high schools all over Japan are isolated and pitted against each other. The sole survivor of Blue Lock will earn the right to become the national team striker, and those who are defeated shall be banned from joining the team forever. Selected to join this risky project is Yoichi Isagi, a striker who has failed to bring his high school soccer team to the national tournament after choosing to pass to a teammate who missed instead of scoring on his own. But he could not help but wonder if the results would have been different if he had been more selfish. Using this golden opportunity given to him by the Blue Lock Project, Yoichi aims to clear his doubts and chase his ultimate desire to become the greatest striker in the world and lead Japan to World Club Cup glory. Uh, it's This show's, like, pretty fun because it's just kind of turning the whole genre on its head it's like sports anime is like famous for like teamwork and yeah. like friends and all this and it's like how could i fuck everyone over yeah also like this is unrelated but every time i hear the name jinpachi i just think of kenpachi from bleach <laughs> i don't know why um yeah but yeah i really like this show i actually i heard a little bit about this show before i watched it um one of the one of the podcasts that we're that I kind of I speak a lot with on Instagram, uh, our anime podcast, they talked about this show because one of the hosts actually read the manga. Um so I've been kind of excited for it for a while. Um it's definitely different. It's not your it's this ain't your grandpappy's sports anime. Um <laughs> for sure. It's basically psychopath soccer. Um, at one point, one of the characters it talks about ha- saying he's like, I have a monster inside me who tells me what to do during a match. And I'm like, OK, cool. Very, very nice. It sounds like some undiagnosed schizophrenia to me, actually. But uh, I'm sure that'll work out just fine. Um, but I actually I do really enjoy the show. It might be the first soccer anime I actually enjoy because I did not yeah. like that other one that I watched. Yeah, uh, I'm. I- it's definitely scratching my like sports anime itch. It's basically just soccer squid games. Yeah. And, um and apparently from what I understand from what I was uh listening to on 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 the podcast that I I, I listened to was um they it starts off very normal. So like it, it's basically the kids playing soccer. They kick the ball. But they ramp up so it's not like, you know how like in other sports anime, like the main character starts off with their like special move and they get cool Sakuga and like all that. Um, mm-hmm. This one doesn't start that way, but it builds up to it, which I think is interesting. Okay. I, I'm i interested to see where it goes because like it feels like it has a finite run to it. So yeah. I'm interested to see how they are going to pace and tell that story. Um, but this is a definite uh, week-to-week watch for me. Yeah, same for me. Um, definitely, it's going to be my sports anime this season. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to enjoy it quite a bit. 
Um, it has been a long time since I've had a sports anime that I'm like watching week to week and like into, and I and I'm here for it. I need it. What was the last one? I wonder. Um, probably Haikyuu. Haikyuu is maybe the last one. I was enjoying the um, badminton. Oh, one. Salary Man's Club, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, but I, I, fell I, off I, on I that didn't one. finish it, and it is like only half a sports anime, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to come back to that one at some point, but yeah, I, I also fell off on Salary Man's Club. There was just so much going on that season, also. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this, this one, one I'm definitely I'm... gonna be sticking. Oh with. yeah, I, every I, what it's like Wednesdays the show. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Every Wednesday, I'm like, and it's the only show that day, I think, too. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, I'm about it. Absolutely. Um, speaking of things I'm about, uh, not the next one, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next show that we're going to talk about is More Than a Married Couple, But Not Lovers. Um, this one is on Crunchyroll, as is Blue Lock. Um, it comes to us from Studio Mother, which did Ari Fureta, From Commonplace to World's Strongest um this one uh i'll just read the synopsis uh third year high school student jiro yakuin hopes to partner with shiori sakurazaka of the same class in the mandatory couple practice course uh or couple (laughs) practical course uh in this practical students must demonstrate that they have the necessary skill set to live with a partner of the opposite sex while presenting a certain level of harmony to the video surveillance that grades them Unfortunately, random chance put his slightly subdued self into the practical with the person polar opposite to him, the Gyaru Akari Watanabe. Uh, Akari, on the other hand, hoped to be paired with her crush, Minami Tenjin. Uh, Their hopes are uh, doubly dashed when they find out that Shiori and Minami are assigned together. Thus, they reluctantly decide to cooperate to reach the top ten, which would give them the right to exchange partners if both couples agree. To that end, Jiro steals Akari's first kiss without realizing what he'd done while giving a hurried goodbye kiss. Um, So I actually read a pretty significant amount of this manga before deciding I didn't like it. I gave it probably way more chapters than I ever should have. Um, And I because I really wanted to and I almost did like it, but I could just never quite get there, you know. Um, (laughs) And I was wondering if it might end up being... Uh, kind of like how I felt about Call of the Night, where the anime grabbed me in a way that the manga didn't. Um, But that doesn't seem to be the case, unfortunately. Um, Some things... Okay, so so some things the show does well. Um, The animation is gorgeous. I think the OP is pretty good as well. Um, But, like... The The animation is way better than it has any right to be for what this show is. Yeah, but one of the things that bothers me the most about this show is the premise and it's it's so fucking wild it's so wild but also it, it, when you think when you sit there and actually think about it the the show completely and entirely first of all obviously the premise of it is ridiculous but it, it, it's the premise only anime could have but not only is it that it is also completely erases even the notion of queer people when you really oh. think about it Oh, I didn't even go there with it. Yeah, you're totally right. Because it it, it only allows for a, a life that involves opposite people of the opposite oh, sex living together. 
you just ruined it for me, Justin. You know, I liked the show. <laughs> and and when when I when I put those dots together, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know if I actually really like this very much. Oh um, boo! I was just happy about. <laughs> Well, why don't you plot. why don't you talk about what you liked about it, and we'll we'll wrap up we'll wrap it up. Okay, I, that is a very fair point, though, and and I'm glad that you brought that up because it does make me think about it in a whole nother light. But um, for me, I weirdly I'm going to continue watching this show uh, going forward because this is like a the kind of trash person I am, but it's just very much a like you know pretty garo girl and you can kind of like turn your like brain off and watch the show and there's like not a lot of degeneracy this season uh and this one seems to be like of decent quality so uh i'll check it out uh it's this is the kind of show that is like my kind of unwind trash honestly though like even if we're if we're just talking about garu's I don't. She's gotta be pretty low on the list of Gyarus that we've had lately. Oh, I don't even think she. Sure. I like. She doesn't rank against Marin or anything. Yeah, like that, you know, but like, but like, you know, the, I don't have Marin this season. <laughs> she she is, as far as I can think of, the only Gyaru we get this season. No, actually, there is a Gyaru in uh, Witch from Mercury uh, as well, um, and in um, there's a Gyaru in Akiba Maid War. Yes, there is. Yeah, you're right. There is. Um, She's like hyper Gyaru too. She's got the whole like weird colored face. Uh, weird yeah, is maybe not the right word, but like, nah, it's a little weird. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can say that. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's the very, gan- like patchy. Gangudo, the Gangudo yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, so this show, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think. I don't think less of you for wa- for watching it. I, <laughs> I do. You do. I you think, think less, less of, of yourself. It. <laughs> it's it's a degenerate show. Like let, it let's is. be real. It this is not a show you're watching for the plot. You're watching it for the plot. Yeah. I mean, this show. <laughs> I, I will watch the third episode because I, I did say that I would give all the shows the three episodes. Um, I, I will watch the third episode, but unless it is like spectacular, um, I probably will not continue watching it moving forward. I'm sure the plot will be great. Yeah. Um. Though, I think it's finally time we talk about the show. Yeah, and this is this is the show that like everyone's we purposely did not lead off with this show because we knew you wanted to hear about it. Yeah, and weirdly we're not ending with it too because is it not the anime of the season question mark? We didn't put them in any specific No, order. but this was completely um, random. <laughs> um, but we're talking about Chainsaw Man. Hell yeah. yeah. It's airing on Crunchyroll and Hulu. Um, it comes to us from uh, Mappa, who did a little thing called Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, the final season, Yuri on Ice, Kakiguri, Doro Roro, um, not Doro Hey Doro, or the other Dororara. one, the other Dororara. other one, <laughs> <laughs> the other um, D anime. But if for some reason you're under a rock and you don't know, Denji has a simple dream 
to live a happy and peaceful life, spending time with the girl he likes. This is a far cry from reality, however, as Denji is forced by the Yakuza into killing devils in order to pay off his crushing debts. Using his pet devil, Puchita, as a weapon, he is ready to do anything for a bit of catch. Unfortunately, he has outlived his usefulness and is murdered by a devil in a contract with the Yakuza. However, in an unexpected turn of events, Puchita merges with Denji's dead body and grants him the powers of the Chainsaw Devil. Now able to transform parts of his body into chainsaws, a revived Denji uses his uh, new ability to quickly and brutally dispatch his enemies. Catching the eye of the official devil hunters who arrive at the scene, he is offered work at the Public Safety Bureau as one of them. Now with the means to face even the toughest of enemies, Denji will stop at nothing to achieve his simple teenage dreams. Um, each episode will also offer a different ending theme song. Yep, and the um, ending theme song for the cool second episode back. was really good. Yo, it was dope. Uh... So, I have read the manga, so yeah. I know where this is all going. Uh, this show is firing on all cylinders. Like, this is very much that, like, meme of the, like, drowning kid and then the mother, like, paying attention to the other kid. And it's, like, Mappa holding Chainsaw Man. And it's, like, I only love you while all of its other babies drown. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um, Mappa is like flexing on animation. The OP is wild. It yeah, uses, the OP like, is all these, so good. Uh, it uses all of these like iconic scenes from like famous movies, like The Big Lebowski, yep. and, like Reservoir Dogs, and uh, oh my god, the the just, bowling ball with the Big Lebowski. Oh my god, uh, dude! It's there's and, and like just you know, I love the scene of like power and Denji like dancing with each other, mm. like. It's there. It is living up to the hype, which is kind of wild because the hype was so massive for this show. Yeah. Um, and oh, I, I am really to excited to see it. And kind of the exciting thing for me, having read through it, is whenever you do that and you revisit it later on, I think it's really nice to kind of see the beginning again because there are parts in the beginning where I'm like oh yeah I totally forgot about this and so I'm really enjoying reliving the story over again absolutely I mean you know definitely the the part where they did the Reservoir Dogs throwback in the OP for me uh, that was the part of which I was sold in the show like the, like literally like 30 seconds into the first episode I'm sold <laughs> um, but yeah, this show, speaking as somebody who has not read the manga, so I'm coming into it cold, I do understand part of the, you know, the, the fundamentals of the story, but I've never read the manga. Um, the The story is, is engaging from the very first moment, because you have a character who kind of starts from, the character, he doesn't start from zero, he starts from like below zero. Like, he is working off a debt that he would, he otherwise, if his life hadn't taken this turn... He would never be able to pay off. He's literally going to be in debt for the rest of his natural life, right? And then, um, you know, you have this kind of... And this of, is all he's ever known. Exactly. You know? he, he was born into this. So it, it, it's it's you have this character who doesn't have dreams for himself, really. And he you get to watch him, like, learn, like, oh, hey, my life is perfect. I have food and I, have, well, I took a bath. And th that's all I needed. But then you realize, then he realizes, he's like, wait, there is more 
than than just I, the bare necessities of life. I don't think he necessarily doesn't have dreams. Is it's just that like because his life is like less than zero, like his dreams are just things that we take so like for granted. Like he just wants to have jam on toast for breakfast. Like, you know, cause he's only been able to afford just plain slices of bread. And the concept of like jam on top of it is like high society living in luxury. Right. And you know, his ultimate goal, um, which we find out in the second episode, I think is something that everyone can relate to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I think it, it's, it's so, it, it's so, you have this contrast between like this hyper, hyper kind of violent story that is contrasted with like just a very natural kind of like boy-like innocence um, mm-hmm. in Denji that I think is, is, is like an instant classic almost, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you're in for a really wild ride too, because this story is unlike anything you will have ever seen before. Um, it pays like a lot of homage to kind of a lot of concepts out there, um, but only kind of in concept. You're going to see some pretty wild things in the show. Okay, <laughs> and, excellent. And it's a, it's a really interesting story. Yeah, I really like it. Needless to say, this one's in the rotation. We're watching it on release. Um, yeah. It lived up to the hype for at least the first two episodes that are out as of this recording. So go check it out. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, a, a title that you might have heard before, uh, but this is a remake. We've got Urusei Yatsuda. Um, and it's coming to us. Uh, this one's going to be on High Dive, um, which is crazy. We thought this was going to be on Crunchyroll for sure. Uh, but yeah. it's coming to us from David Production, who did uh, JoJo. Fire Force, Cells at Work, and Bento. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with Urusei Yatsuda, um, let's go ahead and just dive into the synopsis real quick. Uh, not much is notable about the lecherous Ataru Moroboshi, but his extraordinary bad luck uh, sticks out like the horns in an alien's head. When Earth is threatened by a fleet of alien invaders known as the Oni, uh, Ataru is selected to represent humanity in a duel against one of them. Uh, it's a stroke of rare luck for Atoru that the duel is in fact a game of tag and that his opponent is Lum, the daughter of the Oni's leader, who places her personal dignity above victory as Atoru finds out by seizing Lum's bikini top and with it, victory. However, misfortune kicks in again when Lum mistakes Atoru's promise to marry his girlfriend, Shinobu Miyake, uh, as the desire to wed Lum herself and decides that she rather likes the idea. Wielding her influence as an alien princess, she moves in with him. Forced to deal with the consequences of his womanizing ways, Ataru must balance his crumbling relationship with Shinobu while keeping Lum happy, all the while flirting with every woman he meets. Um, so yeah, this is... Um, you. If, even if you're not too familiar with Urusei Yatsuda, um, you've definitely seen images of Lum um, in like the zeitgeist, in the popular culture. She's the kind of... The alien girl with the blue hair and horns wearing, like, a tiger skin bikini, basically. Um, And I will say, as good as the hair in DIY is, I think Lum wins best hair uh, of the season by far. It is interesting seeing a modern take at such kind of, like, a classic anime style. 
Yeah, and I think they kind of pull it off really well. Um, they didn't try to... One, one thing you always worry about with a with a remake of a very old show is that they'll try to go too modern with it, you know? Um, and I mm. think they, they, hit the, they hit the sweet spot with this one. Um, yeah, it... It feels modern, but the characters definitely have that look of more like classical anime. Yeah, and I think story-wise, um, the story is interesting. Not necessarily like you know, you, you think you have this character. He's a womanizer. He's a jerk, um, and he is those things. But I think w- what's good about the character is that he is not allowed to get away with those things. Like he always faces consequences for his stupid actions. And that's part of where the comedy in this show comes from. And it's like the driving force um, of this show. And I think it works just really well. Yeah. And for me, I think the, the most interesting thing about the show is just that like, this is where all of these jokes came from. Yeah. Like this is the progenitor of the like, etchy harem rom-com like kind of genre in general um you know this is pre-love hina type of stuff and this actually made me like think like oh i would like to see a love hina remake if they do it this well um but i i actually really enjoyed the first episode uh which is all that's about as of the recording of this but um it is also baffling to me that uh the kind of route high dive went this season like they always have like a few surprising bangers um absolutely but i mean let's take a pretty stacked season let's take a second now that now that we we've seen all of the shows that high dive has let's take a second to just like list them out the shows that high dive at at least of of new shows not returning right 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 yeah the shows that we're talking about um high dive has my master has no tail uh, I've somehow gotten stronger when I improved my farm-related skills. Um, reincarnated as a sword, the eminence in shadow, encouragement, uh, encouragement of climb, Akiba made war, and of course Urusei Yatsura. They've hit like kind of every. Um, they've hit like a little bit of everything with what they're doing this season, you know. Yeah, and and. I am really happy that they are spending their money on their programming. I wish they would spend a little bit of money on their app because now <laughs> it has decided to start every episode with Portuguese subtitles. Oh no, <laughs> that bad! And I don't read, and I don't read Portuguese. So just so dive, get it together. So just for for the for for you out here who haven't followed Best Boy Dan's struggle with High Dive, um, High Dive. The app apparently has a lot of issues with Apple products, with their Apple oh apps. Oh, my God. Because I, I I generally watch High Dive either on my desktop or on my Roku or on my, my Android tablet. And I don't have any of these problems. Um, awful. It's awful. <laughs> and also they need offlining because I want to watch stuff on the train. Yeah, I think offlining part of part of that ha- also has to do with like licensing and contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's a whole thing. But like, yeah, I think definitely, you know, not that any app is perfect, but now that Funimation is a thing of the past, that means that High Dive um, is like the kind of underdog, and your 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 app needs you know it needs work. It's not as good as Crunchyroll's. Not that Crunchyroll's is perfect uh, by any means, yeah. but well, and what I will say is I think that. High Dive is actually starting to put up a pretty decent fight. They're they're getting these kind of properties that are just a really it's it's 
it's making the case for why at the why you would need both. You know, because yeah, like there absolutely there are shows on High Dive that I absolutely need to watch. Um, yeah, and Urusei Yatsura is one of them. I'm gonna be watching this show through for the. Uh, the the entire six month run that we have right now, and then the, yes, the so additional six month run that is planned after this one. Oh, um, I love it. So you know, I I think uh, this was a huge get for them. I, I I was flabbergasted when I saw that they got this one and not Crunchyroll. I would love to know the story behind that. Um, yeah. So if you work at either one of these. Uh, places you can come on we will we'll put your voice through a changer you know you, you'll be good we won't we won't <laughs> violate your ndas we'll protect your identity um but we want to know what happened yeah um and i think uh you, you I, I, that's all i have to say really about Udusei Yatsura. do you have anything else to add best boy dan or? uh no that's pretty much it i do want to talk about the last new anime of the season that we're going to discuss. Yeah. Uh, and and also one of the best. And we almost missed this one. We really did. It, but we didn't. And it's Bochi the Rock. Yeah. Uh, it's done by Cloverworks, who did Promise Neverland, Rascal Dreams of Bunny Girl Senpai, Darling in the Franks, Haremia, My Dress Up Darling... Uh, and the story goes as such. Hitori Goto is a high school girl who started learning to play the guitar because she dreams of being in a band, but she's so shy she hasn't made a single friend. However, her dream might come true after she meets Nijikia Ijichi... Oh my god, I can't say that name. <laughs> um, a girl who plays drums and is looking for a new guitarist for her band. Um Idol anime is like I admittedly one of my like blind spots of anime, not something that I'm like super up on. Um, so I didn't even like look at this one twice, uh, and then I got a hot tip on it, and holy crap, this show's great! So here's the thing. First of all, I think the reason why I skipped over this one is definitely because I didn't realize it came from Cloverworks. Because I will generally, if something comes from Cloverworks, I will at least give it a shot. Um, yeah, could, though. If they're going to nail the landing, it's always up in the air. Right. But the other thing is that even though this does seem like an idle anime on the surface, and which is the other reason why I also almost passed it up, um, this one is actually not an idle anime at all. Um, it's about crippling social anxiety. <laughs> Hooray! No, it, it's definitely, it's it's uh, cute girls doing cute things. It's got more in common with shows like Yuru Camp or DIY um, than like Love Live or anything like that. Um it's basically it's it's cute girls doing cute things, and the thing that they happen to be doing is making music, um, as opposed to like camping or building stuff. Um, but also like making rock music too. Yeah, and I think one one of the fun things about this show <laughs> that really stuck out to me is like kind of how relatable the main character is. So like you we have we have stories about people who have social anxiety before. So like we've got Comey, right? But Comey's story is not as not relatable in that like. Oh, she has social anxiety, but she's actually like the most gorgeous and popular girl in school, right? Whereas this one, she has social anxiety and she deals with it in the way that like actual introverts deal with stuff, and it's kind of funny. So like she has this habit of like she's trying to make friends, but she's not actually trying. So she just kind of puts herself in the situation uh where and hopes that other people will notice her and make yeah, friends like with she her. She, she, like, can't bring herself to talk, so she, like, 
positions herself and she's like surely someone will come up and talk to me she's like yeah she's like i brought my guitar to school and i'm reading a rock magazine and i'm wearing a band t-shirt like you know naturally people will gravitate towards me and i won't have to actually do any work which is a very relatable introvert thing to do it's like i'm gonna put myself in the position and then hope that someone else does the work you know um and i thought that was really funny and relatable and she like She's she her social anxiety is so bad she plays her first concert in a box, <laughs> like literally, like, like literally in a box. Of a box. Um, yeah, this show I, I I you know I'm definitely glad we didn't end up skipping over it in the end because it was so funny. Um, yeah. um, I lied. There are two slice of life shows I'm watching, and this is the other one. Yeah, this one I don't remember if we mentioned it or not, but it's on Crunchyroll. Um, and it is absolutely in my rotation this season. I can't wait for the third episode to come out. Um, I think it's coming out on Thursdays, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and I'm super hyped for it. Uh, I think the, uh, no, Sundays. Um, I think, you know, one of the most endearing part of parts of this show is definitely going to be the characters. So like you have, um, you have Bochi, she's the main character, that Bochi's her nickname, and she's like this like super huge introvert girl, but she's like a guitar nerd. She's like really good at guitar. Um, but she just has never played with other people before, so like that's her downside. And then you have like the like kind of outgoing band, like kind of director, like she's the one who puts the band together. Um, and then you have like the, the bassist who's just kind of like a mystery. She's like, she says shit that doesn't make sense. And she's super sarcastic, but she's like really funny. And so Um, full of herself too. She's what? So full of herself. Yeah. She's completely 100% full of herself for no reason whatsoever. Um, (laughs) There's one point where she's like, I couldn't possibly be the front person. My star would shine too bright. Yeah. (laughs) She's great. I, I think she might be my favorite character. Um, but yeah, this show is so good. The soundtrack is really good as well. Um, obviously it has to be, it's a show about music. Uh, if the soundtrack sucks, the show is going to suck. Um, but the soundtrack is really good. Um, the animation is well done. This overall, this show is so like cute and funny and interesting. Um, it was definitely a sleeper hit for us, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that brings us to the end of all of the new shows this season. We're going to hit you with some quick returning anime. That's right. Um, yeah. Up first, we have uh, Spy Family uh, coming back for the second core. Uh, and it's as good as the first core so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um Yeah, it comes to us from Cloverworks, who, as we mentioned, did... Promise Neverland, Bunny Girl Senpai, Darling in the Franks, Remia, and My Dress Up Darling. Uh, it also is done by Wit Studios, who did Attack on Titan Season 1 through 3, Vinland Saga Season 1, Ancient Magus Bride, Ranking of Kings, and Vivi Florite Eyes Song. Uh, it airs on Crunchyroll, and if you haven't watched Spy Family, like, how have you found this podcast? Because that seems like you would have probably watched it. So yeah. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Spy Family is amazing. Um, I really enjoyed how the second season, um, we kind of start out a little bit action packed, you know, like the first two, three episodes are kind of heavier on the action than maybe the rest of the show tends to be. Um, 
and I think that's a, an interesting. I think that's a good way to play it. You know, to get people back into the the spy family routine. You know, um, yeah. We get a new. We get our new character finally. Which, if you had been watching the end of the first core, you were like, "Wait, they teased this thing, and then it never happened." Well, it finally happened, and it's really great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone watch it. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have My Hero Academia. Of course, season six. We're here. Uh, comes to us from Bones, who did Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Noragami, Mob Psycho, and Soul Eater, streaming on Crunchyroll. Um, again, if you're if you're if you're not watching My Hero, um, oh god, what are you doing? Um, this <laughs> it, I think it's like the generic ideal of like just a shonen. <laughs> absolutely. Like. One of the things I'm so psyched about is that we get a lot of screen time for Mirko. In the first couple episodes, which if you don't remember, she's the bunny hero. Um, and, who I didn't know I loved so much until and this season. Here's the thing. The, the thing I love the most about Mirko is that they, they could have done the lazy thing, right? They could have been like, oh, she's a cute bunny and her power is she jumps really high. But what they did actually do is they gave her the actual superpower that rabbits have, which is that they are almost 100% lean muscle. So, like, her power is that she is fucking jacked. And, like, yeah, she yeah. can jump really high because she has massive muscles in her legs. Um, and, you know, she's just so cool. Um, I really love her character design for reasons that I won't explore out loud on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, I don't want to do any spoilers, but, like, Dan, that episode three... Did you Yo. the way that ended? So that is literally the moment I have left off in the in the manga. So like from here on out, I am like along for the ride. And so I've been waiting for that moment. It was wild. So I'm gonna talk about it in very vague terms, um, so that it doesn't spoil anything. But like during episode two, when they when they kind of when they gave you the reason why he was in the place that he was for that battle, I was like oh my god, he's gonna have to do the thing. Yep, yep, yep. I, I was yep, like, yep. I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna have to do the thing. And like, I was and like... he did the thing. And he did the thing, and it's never happened on screen in My Hero before. Yeah. And I was but like... It's like a very real thing to deal with. Too. Yeah. Because I was like, because when they, when they were talking about like, oh, you, he has to be in this specific place to deal with this character because, the, you know, the, the things that this character can do can <laughs> only be dealt with in a certain way. And yeah. when it actually happened, I was like, oh, my God. Um, this is definitely that meme of those who know. Yeah, if you, if you know, know what we're talking about, then you know. Um, and if you yeah. don't know, you're very confused, which is why we're just going to leave it here. But, like, My Hero yeah. Season 6, I like the OP also. I wanted to mention that. It's got very cool, like, comic book vibes that I enjoy. It, uh, it fills my criteria for a My Hero OP is that they continue to form one great, uh, punk album. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it for My Hero Academia. We're not going to talk too too much more about it. Yeah, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, which comes at you from uh, Ingi, uh, who did Uzaki-chan Season 1, and The Detective is Already Dead. Um, 
it's this is definitely a case of just like more of the same and i'm not mad at it i love no. uzaki chan i will say this i'm going to continue to watch uh there was a big development in there was the most recent episode there was a big development yeah. in the most recent episode but also there was a very cute moment in the first episode that i yeah, was like when, when it when it happened i was like okay we're in for a good season yeah, this I just genuinely love this rom com. I think it's really fun. It's really fun. I love the character Uzaki Chan, and not just because of the plot, but also because I think she's just a fun character. Like she's just like yeah. she's kind of goofy. She like Senpai. Yeah, she's annoying in some ways, and she's like I, I don't know. I just really like I like the all the characters. I love the um, the girl and her father who run the cafe. They're great. Everybody's great in this show. I, I'm so excited that it's back. Yeah, it was not a show I was expecting to get a sick second season, but I'm glad it did. Absolutely. And Best Boy Dan, you should definitely handle this last one here. Yeah, I'll talk about Bleach Thousand Year Blood War, uh, which comes at us from Perot, who did uh, Bleach, uh, Naruto, Tokyo Ghoul, Black Clover, Yu Yu Hakusho. And basically, I realized, like, all of the old shonen shows. Yeah, uh, they've got I a very long resume. Biggest. Well, and I think they're even doing Boruto, too, but, like, I don't you know count that but like they they know shonen so um, before before you move on just one quick side tangent because i've heard this i don't believe it but i have heard it i have heard that boruto in the most recent arcs that they've done has gotten much better uh i don't believe it i don't <laughs> believe it but i have heard great. it still probably not gonna watch i'm it. also probably not gonna watch it <laughs> Um, but I am going to watch Bleach, which is weird because I'm definitely not caught up. Um, I left off in like the middle of the like Iran car arc. Um, but I don't think you need to have watched it. I'm sure like it will, you know, help, but at least from the first episode, um, it, it seems to kind of, you know, just be its own individual story. Um, you know, I think you need to have gotten to the point where Ichigo has reached, like, Bonkai. Um, uh, and, like, maybe his, like, the next level up there. But I think you're good at that point. Um, but it's it's great. It's like, what if Bleach, but um, everything the fans want to see after 15 years. <laughs> like, it, it's exactly that. Like, uh, Best Boy Justin hasn't watched it because he likes to watch things in order, which I totally respect. Um, so he won't have seen this, but the, the ED, uh, is just like, it's a banger song, but it's also just like clips from the like coolest moments in Bleach, uh, from the past. So this is like, they very much know what they're doing this season. And it's just like a fan service and not like, you know, Orihime in the show. <laughs> um, but like actual like fan service and like that is a tribute to the fans, um, this season. So I think I'm going to watch it cause Bleach with like updated animation is dope. The fight scenes are, are pretty cool looking. Yeah, I definitely, I want to catch up and I have been working on it. Just not as hard as I could have because I've been watching all these shows, but like, um, one thing I did want to touch on, this is actually, um, something that, again, it came up on our anime podcast, our podcast friends on Instagram, and they talked about this. It has been so long since Bleach, quote-unquote, ended the last time. And, like, one, one of the things that, that they were talking about that, that kind of really put this in perspective for me was it has been gone for so long that people died 
thinking that the show was over. Like, can, oh. like, can you wrap your head around that? Like, whoa, that got dark. <laughs> well, I mean, it's dark, but also it's like it's it, it's they're they're doing such a like they're they're tackling they're taking under such a huge responsibility to the fans, you know, to bring back this show after like 15 years, you know? Yeah. Um, it is also, it's, it's on Hulu. I don't remember if we mentioned that, but it, it's only on yeah, Hulu. It's, so which that's is another an interesting thing. place for it to be. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll keep my Hulu subscription for a little. <laughs> I actually, I gave up my Hulu subscription a long time ago, but, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, when I, when I put it in perspective like that, I just have a lot of respect for the way that they are apparently handling it so well um, because they very easily could have just put out a, a pile of garbage um, and just been like, yeah, whatever. It's been 15 years. Enjoy the take what you can get, you know, um, yeah. and they didn't do that. And I think that's, you know, something worth uh, talking about, you know? Yeah, no, I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, but with that being said, uh, I think we can go ahead and uh, move on into the penultimate section of our uh, 2022 fall anime what to watch guide. And that is our movies and OVAs section. Um, yeah, uh, these last two sections will be pretty rapid fire. Yeah. So the first one in our list, we have Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which has come out already, but it's on this list because it is going to be coming out on Crunchyroll. So if you missed the theatrical release, if you weren't able to get to the movie theaters to watch it, um, you're going to be able to see it on Crunchyroll. Definitely recommend giving it a watch. Um, it's kind of it's a prequel story to Jujutsu Kaisen. You kind of get to learn a little bit about where um the the senpai the older year students in the story uh kind of come from you get to learn their past but you also get to learn um gojo's kind of past his his the way he approaches being a teacher and i think that's a very interesting look into the characters of the jujutsu kaisen uh story yeah definitely check it out if you haven't absolutely um up next, we have uh, Tonikawa, Over the Moon for You, Seifuku. Uh, that's coming out on November 22nd. And if you're a Tonikawa fan, you should watch it because uh, who doesn't love more Tonikawa? I'm excited for it. I thought that was an incredibly cute rom-com show. Yeah, yeah, we're getting this one and there there is a second season in the works. Um, I'm excited for this one because I actually do remember the chapter of the manga that this is based on. And it was very funny. Um, it was also very cute. So this is going to be a good one. Keep your eyes open for it. Um, don't miss it. Uh, the other thing uh, not to miss, although we probably won't get a North American release of it before the end of the fall, um, is that time I got reincarnated as a slime, the movie Scarlet Bond, um, which has a Japanese release date of November 25th. Um, and uh, so I might get it in winter at some point. Yeah, I imagine we'll probably get it early winter, maybe sometime in January, uh, maybe February. Um, yeah. But uh, it's definitely something to keep your eyes open for. Um, the story looks really interesting. The, the, the artwork that I've seen from it looks really good. Um, and I just I love this 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 whole show, this whole IP. I can't get enough of it. Um, so, you know, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm waiting for the theatrical release. This is definitely one I'm going to see in theaters if I'm able to. Yeah, I agree. I think this will be a fun one to see in theaters. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, uh, and then to kind of wrap it up in movies and OVAs, uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War, The First Kiss Never Ends, is coming in December. Uh, I will catch up for that. You will need to, because this one takes place <laughs> immediately after the events of season three. Um, so for those of you who know, you know, and those of you who don't, you better catch up. Um, okay, I feel like I really need to catch up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll probably have time. I can't imagine. I don't think this will get a theatrical release in the nor- in North America. And it'll probably be a while before it comes out on Crunchyroll, but uh, you'll, you know, you'll have to, you'll have some time. And I think it'll be worth it. Uh, this is a really cool story. Um, and uh, with that said, we're going to move into the final section of our uh, fall anime 2022 what to watch guide. Um, this is going to be our rapid fire section. This is for stuff that we feel like it should be mentioned but we don't have a lot to say about it, but we didn't want to leave it out because people would flame us in the comments, which they're going to do anyway. I don't care. You're Because a lot of this stuff is good and we're just trash because we haven't caught up on it. I mean, we are trash. Don't get me wrong. We're absolute. We're, we're garbage. But here we're still here. Um, do you want to kick us off, Best Boy Dan? Or should I do it? What sure, do I do. Uh, up first is the third season of Mob Psycho 100. Uh, this is one I especially feel trash for not having caught up on. I've heard this season is going to be phenomenal, too. Like the, I, I feel like it's the end of the show, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I know that they did, like just an insane amount of like individual like hand drawing and like no cgi for some pretty spectacular visual stuff for a show that's already known for its spectacular visuals i i think this is supposed to be one of the the big ones this season yeah i really want to catch up i i've kind of made it my goal to to catch up at least to get through the first two seasons before the end of the fall so we'll see if i actually do that um up next we have pop team epic um, I don't know a whole lot about this show. It is not in my wheelhouse at all, but I know people love it. So we figured we'd yeah, let you I've know. I've only pe- heard good things. Yeah, I figured we'd let you know, hey, it's out. It's back this season. Um, if you're if this is your thing, go, go, go at it. Go at it, my child. Yeah. Uh up next is Yoamushi Pedal Limit Break, which is the fifth season of Yoamushi Pedal. I stopped watching after the second season. Hence why we are not watching it, but Yo Pad is awesome. Go watch it. Yeah, I've been slowly catching up. It's very slow. Like I'll, I'll watch an episode or two every couple of weeks. Um, so yeah. Next up, we have Muv Love Alternative uh, season two. Um, this one I am actually also very slowly watching. I have watched the first episode of the second season. It's kind of a recap. Um, this show, if you're, is one of those shows that if you're into it, you're into it, and if you're not, you are lost. Um, so, you know, if Muv Love is your thing, guess what? It's back. It's more of the same. Um, you get a little bit of backstory into the main character's life in the alternate dimension. Um, so look forward to that. Um, I'm going to make you do the next one because I can't say that first word. Oh, okay. So next one is Con Cole, uh, season two, Let's Meet at the Sea. That is short for Kantai Collection. Um, this one, Ah. this one is only on the rapid fire list because it's not coming out until November 3rd. I am going to be watching it. Um, it is basically if you're, if you're, if you've like, if you're like, oh, I've heard that word before, but I don't remember what it means. This is the ship girl anime. One of them anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I I like this show. I, I enjoy it because I like the whole Moe morphism genre. 
Um, I like when they take, you know, cute girls and like anthropomorphize them into like things. Um, I wish they did it less with weapons of war because that's really all it ever seems to be. Um, I'm still holding out hope for my Moe Morphism show about like girls as construction equipment. Um, like the like the it's background that I had on my computer. Eventually. I can't wait. Listen, if you're an anime studio and you're out there and you're wondering if there is a, a market for that, there is, and it's me. <laughs> it's, it's best boy Justin. <laughs> is me. Um, so Don't yeah. worry, he'll buy enough stuff to make it profitable. Exactly. So keep an eye out for that coming out November 3rd. Uh, it's going to be on Crunchyroll. Yeah. So I'll finish it up with the last two. Uh, up front, I, I don't know where to watch this show, and I really want to because its premise is so wild to me. And it's my life after waking up as a dummy head microphone. And it's like a cute girls doing ASMR, but also it's reincarnated as a dummy microphone. So like, it's just such a bizarre like concept to me that I'm really curious about it, but I don't know where it is on. So I might have to talk to a man in an alley about it. Yeah, I did some, I did a little bit of back research cause I was curious about it too. It is, it has not yet been picked up by any of the anime streaming um, services. If I had to guess, if it comes out, it'll probably be like a mid-season pickup for High Dive or something. Yeah, uh, who knows, but someone should get it because I want to see what it's all about. Um, (laughs) uh, It might be terrible and I might drop it after one episode, but I would watch one episode of it. Fair enough. Um, And then finally we have Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy Part 2. I started watching it uh, and it seems interesting, so I'm... I would like to catch up on this show. Yeah, I'm like three quarters of the way through the first season. I have been watching it, albeit very slowly. I very much enjoy it. It's very fun. It's silly. Um, The action is good. Um, It's just, it's a lot, so I don't watch too many episodes of it at once. Um, Best Boy Jamie is really into the show, so he's been watching through it, um, through the part two uh, core. So, you know, it's, it's definitely good. It's worth a watch, but maybe... You know, for some people, might be more more watchable than others. Um, but with that being said, that kind of that wraps up our 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 episode on the uh, fall twenty twenty two what to watch guide. Um, any last thoughts here, Best Boy Dan? Uh, just that this is a ridiculous season, and it's full of a lot of hype too. Yeah, it absolutely um, is. And for the most part, it it lives up to it and exceeds it and. I was surprised. Um, I think, you know, last season I had felt kind of burned out and didn't end up sticking with a whole lot of shows. But I think this season I have a pretty set schedule that I'm going to be watching every week. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this this season is really good. Um, it's a good time to get into some things. Like I said, you know, if you're looking for an excuse to get into Gundam, you got it. It's here. Um and uh yeah i'm just really really excited to see where some of these shows go um but you know let us why don't you best buds out there let us know where you're excited to watch um what do you think of our list do you think we missed something um you know is there a show that you're excited for that we didn't talk about is there a show that you're excited for that we did talk about and you just want to let us know how happy you are we talked about it um, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. You can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. And as always, um, if you enjoy what we're doing here, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review, rate and review us five stars. Let us know what you like about the show. Um, just so we know we're on the right track and we're, we're hitting, 
we're hitting all the 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 spots you want us to hit ao um <laughs> but uh, i think that's as good a spot as any uh to wish you a happy watching this stop, anime season stop saying spot <laughs> yeah it's the best spot we're hitting it i don't know where that oh came God. from this is why i should just write my cues down i don't know why i don't write my cues down uh well i would like to leave everyone in the immortal words of saletta mercury <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in best buds